listeners, and welcome to Project Understory, a nonfiction storytelling podcast that delves into the deeper meaning of nature experiences. Does your love for the outdoors resonate in your bones? So does ours. We are storytellers, students, and teachers connected to the Central Wisconsin Environmental Station. We are meaning makers, seeking to understand the world and ourselves better through the dappled shade of a balsam fir or the haunting call of a loon across a lake. Here, you can hear our stories of adventure and contemplation and perhaps discover your own understory. Thanks for joining in, podcast understory listeners. My name is Faith Newman, and I'm an environmental education and interpretation major at the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point, who is also on the officer corps for the UWSP fire crew with a burning passion for fire. Today I want to tell a story of one of my first prescribed burns. In the fire world, one would say I was green, but I promise the only reason I would have been green is being scared sick. I remember getting the email about this potential burn that we were going to have at Standing Rocks County Park. We just weren't filling the prescription though, meaning we didn't have the right weather conditions to do this burn, but they really wanted it done. And one evening, we finally got in prescription with the relative humidity and wind speeds, and we were able to do this burn. The only thing was, this was going to be a night burn. Having a fire during the day already has its own feats. You need to have good communication, know the topography, and understand what your objectives are. In the dark, that's a lot harder to handle. We were fortunate enough to have two or three of our members get out there during the day and view the topography. It's about a 12-acre plot. It was lined with mixed forests. It had pine and oak trees meaning there was a lot of leaves on the ground and leaf litter that has accumulated, but we'll get back to that later. The area also had some rolling hills that created slopes within this environment. Being a firefighter, we know that fire runs faster upslope, so we had to be ahead of it at all times. I remember arriving to our cache at about 5 p.m., Our cache is where we hold all of our equipment, such as our hand tools, our shelters, our Nomex, anything you might need while out on the fire. When I got there, everybody was grinning ear to ear. We were all so excited to be able to burn this early in the season. This only was our second burn that year. It was my second burn ever. We loaded all the vehicles up with all the equipment, and then we piled in ourselves. It was probably about a 10 minute drive over to where we were going to be burning, but to me, it turned into an eternity. I began to feel sick in my stomach, realizing that I had never seen this area before and the sun was already starting to set. I had no idea what it was going to be like doing this in the night and not knowing if I was going to trip. I'm a very clumsy person by nature. I remember pulling into the parking lot and we had to hike about a mile in to get to this meadow. We all had to do our share carrying the equipment back there. But first, we had to make sure all our radios were handed out and we all put on our fire shelters. 
The fire shelters are your last-ditch effort if there's going to be a burnover. You crawl inside, and you wait for the fire to pass. After we got all our safety equipment handed out and on, we still had to divide up all of our hand tools to help suppress the fire if it got out of line. I remember being handed the bladder bag. It's a bag you wear on your back that's full of water that you can extinguish the fire with if need be. What one small bag felt like turned into a whole water tower. My feet began to feel really heavy too. I was not feeling as excited as when I first got that email. When we got to the meadow and at our starting point, we laid down a test fire to see how it would go. It seemed to go all right, and that calmed my nerves. The wind wasn't too crazy, and it wasn't spreading too fast. We then all grabbed a map, and we went over the details of where we would start as well as where we would finish and what lines we really had to be looking out for. This was crucial in having an effective burn. We needed to know where everybody would be stationed at all times. Not just one person is laying the fire down to get this whole field burned. We have multiple people walking in and out, laying down strips of fire, while others are on the outskirts watching the edges and making sure it stays within its boundaries. Once we all understood what was going on, the fire was laid down on the ground, and we began moving. As we were burning, the sun was really setting now. The sky was purple and red, and it was about to be dark. As I watched the sky fade to black, I was covered in an orange and red glow. The beauty of these colors swept my gaze into the air, and I began to watch the embers from the fire dance through the air around me. There were thousands flying high up into the air that looked like stars just dancing around. I felt like I was in a fairy tale. It was truly a sight to behold. My awe quickly turned into concern. I realized that one of these small glowing lights could have big impacts on the environment around us. I remembered learning about the Peshtigo fire and how it spread so rapidly, all because of one small ember jumping the Bay of Green Bay into the Door County Peninsula. Thousands of acres were burned on that fire, and that made me very afraid of one small glowing light. With this being a 12-acre plot, we had about 20 people with us, and we had to be spaced out on the line, and the smoke was drifting towards the back of the line. This was nothing new, besides the fact that you really could not see the people in the back or let alone where you were walking to next. This truly was a unique experience, having a fire during the night. What was so beautiful could cause so much destruction. As we were burning, we all were facing away from the fire, keeping an eye on the embers to see where they were going. It was my turn to be at the back of the line to eat smoke because we all take turns doing that, making sure no one's getting smoke exhaustion. And while I was back there, I thought I saw an ember go deep into the woods. I radioed to my crewmates saying that I thought I saw one and I was going to go check it out, but it turns out my radio transmission didn't go through. I didn't know that information and I headed into the woods. Apparently, as I was walking 20 feet into the woods to see where this ember had gone, 
they had radioed for me because nobody could see me due to the darkness and me being at the end of the line. I was only missing for probably 40 seconds, and as they were calling me on the radio, I couldn't hear them, probably due to the roaring fire behind me and the leaves crunching beneath my feet. Besides that, I really wasn't listening. I was trying to use my eyes the best I could to see where that ember had gone. I didn't need it getting out of hand, and I didn't want what was a late night to turn into a really long next day. I had class in the morning. I was searching and searching, and I'm guessing it went out by itself because I never found anything. And as I came walking out of the forest, two of my crew members were right outside on the line looking for me and yelling out my name. I quickly grabbed my radio and I said, hey, I'm over here. I'm right here. What's going on? I heard back on the radio that they thought I had gone missing or tripped and fell. I mean, honestly, who knows? They could have thought that a bear came and took me away. All I know is they were worried sick. But what they didn't know was that I was too, and I just wanted to make sure that the ember was out, and I thought I had communicated to them where I was going. But it turns out my radio wasn't working. And this was something to laugh about later, but in that moment, it became very real. What could go wrong while out on a fire? As it turned out, there was no spot fire, and the ember was out on its own. But at that moment, I had learned, just because it's a controlled burn, does not mean that you have control. I grew a very deep respect for fire and its nature. I learned that everything can be burnt down or stripped away, but it'll come back greener and stronger than before. We can't control everything, but we can control how we come back from it. I just want to say thank you for joining us today and taking the time to listen to my story. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to share it with all of you and being on Project Understory. This has been a production of Project Understory. A special thanks to Create Portage County in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Check them out at createportagecounty.org for their many resources available to local artists and creatives. We hope we entertained and inspired you today to encounter nature in new and meaningful ways.